0: Hi, everyone. You are now tuning in to Conversations with Filmmakers podcast. We present our final discussion with our special guest, Impact producer Naima Torres. We hope you enjoy part two of our discussion. Thank you for joining us today.
1: As long as you're willing to learn and you're open to it. I think a lot of people fall on the vine when they're not open to that right? Mm -hmm. They're not open to pausing and and uh, ingesting knowledge. You know, they think they know everything, right? Like, you know how they say sometimes, as you get further in your career, you're kind of set in your ways. And there's so many examples of that and people that I've met, and I'm just like, it would take me too long to change you,
0: right? I don't have
1: the time to overhaul your thought process or your emotional intelligence about this subject, right? It it's it, it, stories for days about that. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> Look, that'll be when Naima comes back again. We'll take a deeper dive into, you know. Um, but to pivot a little bit, um, I just wanted to ask you, when was that pivotal moment for you? And I think you've given somewhat of an example that you knew you had made it in this industry from aspiring to a professional, you know. Could you give an example of, like, that moment, per se, where, you know, you felt like, wow, these people are taking me serious? I know, I think a part of the moment, and me and you spoke privately about it, so I'm not going to bring it up because it might not be the same, but, um, yeah, I would love to know. Like, when do you feel like you went from aspiring to that professional? Well, I
2: think this, you know, the example I just gave where my name was dropped for, you know, a seasoned filmmaker to reach out to me during a webinar, (laughs) like in a Zoom little like private chat, like, hey, what's your email? I'm supposed to contact you. And I was like, oh, actually it was both the filmmakers who did it, which was funny to me, both the filmmakers. I ended up working with, you know, one of the projects, but, and not the other one, but I was like, where are these people getting my name? Like, what, what is yeah. happening? And um, so I think, honestly, it was probably last year. Um, really? When, yeah, like it was, I was like, wow, okay. Um, this person, like my name is getting around, you know, and that's nice. And I don't, you know, again, I'm not like super popular, but I'm popular enough to, again, I've been freelancing 100%, you know, for the last like, three, three years, I think like three years and mm-hmm. everything's been word of mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, or like, I'm interested in something and it doesn't feel like an interview. It's like a conversation to see if we're a good fit. Cause like, yeah, I want to work with you. Can we work together? And those are the conversations I've moved on to having, as opposed to feeling like I have to prove to someone that I'm mm-hmm. worthy of this. It's more of like, I, um, I almost feel like equal I don't want to say equal footing, but it's more like, yeah, can we be a part, like, can we work together? Like, that's Mm -hmm. where these conversations are, as opposed to the typical interview process, I guess, of like, and what's your experience here? And what's your experience here? It's like, no, I know your experience, right? I want to see though, do we, will we align in other ways? Mm -hmm. And I, I I think that started, I started processing that about a year ago, like fully Mm -hmm. being like, oh, Okay, you know, um, so, so not you like,
1: being a professor, not you like all these projects what? you work on. Well, I no, say like, not... and I don't think you remember it, but you were going for a gig, and the woman came back to you in a panic because she's like, "Oh my god, I didn't realize who you were." That um, was so, last year. That was another project. That was, that was last year. Okay. <laughs> okay. Last... okay. okay so first of all we get lost in time so i thought that was like years ago and i'm like i thought that was the moment like you were well that's
2: because i think it was the beginning of last year and i think when i was we were talking it was like happening and like live and this has been like oh yeah yeah like so i think but yeah that that was last year when that happened too yeah yeah and i was like i don't know
1: why i thought that was two years ago it must be
2: my confidence of you know how I float <laughs> through the world making it seem like I have everything all together when I <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> but
1: when I, I think that noticed, goes man. back to um the learning always learning right mm-hmm. um because I think for me it was actually I'm still in that process of still considering myself aspiring Mm-hmm. Even though I've been in this industry for a long time doing like the screenwriting and all that. And of course, would love to be a producer, but I'm thinking I'm leaning more to story producer or something. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm horrible at math. So budget, I'd be like, chow, no. No, no, It You know, just use your Excel sheets.
2: Like, just use formulas. <laughs> you don't need to be and good I at know. math. You just <laughs> need to know formulas. That's it.
1: Listen, you
2: just need to know the the V lookup, right? But yeah, that's um, it. <laughs> yeah, <you> just... <laughs> Use programs, use Gorilla, use movie magic budget budgeter, like that's that's all you gotta do. Don't worry about yeah. adding yourself. Uh, like get a calculator. <laughs> that's it. Like... <laughs>
0: now a message from our sponsors we are excited to bring you this world exclusive teaser from bad rabbit pictures and movie pods they are presenting age of prophecy a sci-fi fantasy podcast done in the style of the radio dramas of yesteryear. coming soon to all streaming platforms Visit www.moviepods.com or www.theanukechronicle.com for all the release dates. You won't want to miss this one. Your myths were born from our history. Let's check it out. Life. A vile, messy sequence of events before we die. All designed for something beyond us. It has to be, or else what's the point? You don't know me, but I know you. I am responsible for your triumphs and miseries. I am Zira and Zor and to truly understand your own story, you must know mine. Your myths were born from my history. Now, an exciting message from our sponsors. When I decided to launch this podcast, I had the tools to find talent and market the show, but needed a skilled editor to bring it all to life. That's when I turned to Jacob Daly at RedHawk.UK. His collaborative approach and swift revisions transformed my vision into reality. RedHawk.UK, your one-stop solution for creative content services. Reach out to them. Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Filmmakers podcast. So
1: what would you say, because I'm going to say worst and best. So what was one of the worst projects you ever worked on? You don't have to drop names, like I said, but, you know, the worst project and why? Because that's another thing. Everybody has that personal reason on why things that engagement just really isn't there. And you you do have to sometimes walk away. And I think that is what is very important. We both know some people that did not walk away. And it's like that nightmare scenario that actually hurt their career versus helping it, right? Yeah. So that is where that question stems from.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can instantly think of... Uh... I think so I was working as a producer, one of the producers on a feature like documentary a couple years ago, Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: it was high profile in terms of like already kind of had broadcast deal, Mm -hmm. you know, entities that were involved, you know, are high profile. So I'll say that. Um, And uh, the director was not, we, we just, I just did not um think he was doing his job as a director. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was more about like their interpersonal skills with mm-hmm. crew and also with participants. And you know with documentary you're dealing with real people, you know like real people. Like every mm-hmm. you know they're not actors, right? They don't mm-hmm. they're not professionals in this industry. They're like people who run stores or just live their lives. And you have mm-hmm. to have a certain code of ethics um and mm-hmm. how you talk to people, how you relate to them. And I think the director struggled with connecting with the very community that they were supposed to be filming. Oh, Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of it fell on me and the other producer to the point where participants didn't want to film if one of us producers weren't there because they had no connection to this particular director. And things oh, ended hard up hard. really bad because their management style, you know, they're supposed to be managing things. They're the director, their vision. And I think ultimately they didn't know what they wanted this film to be. um, And they were trying to... Uh, rely on their producers beyond the scope of our producing work and so Mm -hmm. that caused issues Um, but then ultimately the treatment of participants is what made me leave the project Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and uh, because like I said documentary you're dealing with real people and these are we were working in a vulnerable community during the pandemic before vaccines had rolled out Mm -hmm. so This community also had devastating, um, the pandemic had devastated the community. So you needed Mm -hmm. to have some, you know, knowledge, some care, and the director did not seem to be able to do that very Mm -hmm. well, and also just, like, couldn't work with the producers very well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, like, a treacherous nine months, to be honest, because you know, I stayed on the project because I cared about the subject, I cared about the community, and, you know, um, I was, me and the other producer, funny enough, because of our experience, we're, like, best friends now, like, literally, she's at my house, (laughs) like, you know, uh, yeah, we're very close friends, we talk almost every day, like, you know, Mm -hmm. texting or whatever, um, because we went we were already kind of familiar with each other before, but again, like I guess trauma bonded. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> Which is, you right. know, Which is yeah. that was probably yeah the worst project just because like yeah, that that wasn't managed well. And then the director was very much like when I tried to call them out, like I've confronted them about their behavior. So this wasn't happening in silence. Like this yes. was, hey this isn't working. Hey, I, you know, we don't like the way these things are, or, hey, and we were met with, like, I've been a director for 30 years, and it's like, yeah,
1: you don't, you're still not doing a good job, you know, like, so. It goes back to that, what I mentioned earlier about being stuck in your ways, and, like, mm -hmm. not, you know, you can't brute force everything, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and other
2: people also come to find out through this person's 30 year career has had issues. So it wasn't the isolated, and not that I thought it was, right? And, yeah, um, but, still. but, you know, looking into it and finding out there's a lot of harm in the community from this person and this person continues to work, you know, is like very frustrating, you know, because mm-hmm. our industry is not regulated right we're non-union or whatever I mean documentaries like completely unregulated you know like there was an article that came out I forgot either might have been Variety or IndieWire that was like an opinion piece about how documentary industry is really not regulated that's the space that I work in the most Um, wild wild west it is it is and so yeah I just wish people could be held accountable for a lot of their behaviors and so that was like me I think that was like the worst experience I've had thus far
1: Mm -hmm. but it was good like you mentioned that you were able to walk away and you gained someone out of that that you can actually work for or work with for future projects which is always an excellent thing because I feel like in this community that's what you need in media is like like like-minded people that you don't feel like you're devaluing yourself exactly and she
2: Mm-hmm. She got something on my calendar too for late August it's because she wants me to work on one ah, of her. Ah, ah. she wants to talk about impact producing for a couple of her projects that she got coming out. So there's something. Well, on let me tell you,
1: <laughs> feel free to get her on the show with me. I would love to talk to whoever yeah, yeah, that you she might want to recommend, you know, because you really get to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's nice just to find out the journey. Cause like I mentioned, a lot of producers, you know, A lot of people don't know what producers actually do. And to me, it's like project management, a little bit of directing at Mm -hmm. times, budget. It's like, it's a pretty much a a piece of everything. So if you're that kind of person that loves variety and really challenging yourself to learn different things and do different things within a production, instead of maybe a segmented like I'm just working on the camera or I'm just going to be a grip or just transportation. If you like that variety, then maybe producing could be it. So um, with that, though, I wanted to ask, what was your favorite project? What was the best one? And then there's one more question after that, and then we're done, job.
2: That's tough because, I mean, I'm working on some pretty, I'm working with pretty great people right now, honestly. Mm-hmm. So although it's really stressful and, you know, I do, it, talking about the life of a producer, I have two children. Including a baby mm-hmm. nine months old who's napping right now. <laughs> you know, super it, mommy over there <laughs> it, it it's uh I, I've been trying I've been fortunate right now to be very picky about my projects and choose, you know ones that um I with people that I want to work with. Like right now I'm a producer on a podcast that's coming out on audible next year, you know, and I'm nice. working with these two journalists and, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of, it's, it's been interesting, but I, I like the people I'm working with. Like I'm working with some really cool people. So it's hard to pinpoint something that's like my favorite project. You know, I like the film that I did, you know, a few years ago that came out like right before the pandemic started so was a short documentary, those kind of, yep. um, personal essay documentary about um you know retrace uh, about uh, the 1811 slave revolt in Louisiana where I spent a lot of time there and I again developed a lot of friendships um you know you've met my dp that I frequently work with Camie yes. <laughs> and we really good friends do that project because yes. we work together on there um so yeah I don't really have a favorite right now I just I'm really enjoying the work I'm doing right now, the travel. I was in Cuba recently, well, in March um, for mm-hmm. documentary related things. And yeah, so I can't, I can't answer that fully. Sorry, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. No, that's fine.
1: It could be, be a gamut of things, you know, there's nothing wrong with that because what you're doing is engaging stuff that you actually like versus just doing it to just get by and maybe get the funding for, you know, like we are revenue driven sometimes because we do need to survive out here, but it's also nice to see that you're, you are willing to work on things that are speaking to your heart versus just anything that someone is throwing at you. And I'm pretty sure there are producers out there that will like just put their name on anything, right? Right, yeah. Or like, you know, an actor or something that will act in anything as long as there's money tied to it. So that's I mean, money. you know, I think that's okay. If you're in it for the money, I don't know about being a producer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like maybe do something yes, else. Because it's it sounds not like it. I'm, yeah, I'm not- balling. You know, I'm not making I'm I'm surviving, you know. I'm doing I'm doing I'm fine. I'm fine. That's why I said I'm like lucky that my name gets passed around cuz that's how I've been getting work and that mm-hmm. and I'm fine with that. You know, um but if you're looking to make a bunch of money as a producer, I mean, look at the uh, uh man, I can't remember the name of it, but look at statistics and numbers and stuff around the produ- the actual producing career and it's not as like lucrative as people think it is like I guess portrayed on TV where it's like this high powered executive or whatever you know similar to actors like a lot of not every actor is going to win an Oscar not every actor is going to be in a blockbuster but if this is something you like doing that Mm -hmm. sustains you and you can find a way to sustain yourself then absolutely continue doing it but Mm -hmm. if you want to make money maybe do other things too I'll say that I'm not discouraging anyone but I'm just saying like (laughs) the reality (laughs) is out here like you know
1: um, well, can yeah. you do me a favor and mention what that um the essay was, the the name of your short film, you know, where they might be able to find it and also your um foundation or business, I believe, that you said. Like if you Oh right, there. yes. Yeah. So in so, case someone wants to look
2: you up, girl. Well, I mean, you can look me up through my website. It's just my whole name dot com right naima jamila torres.com that's where you can find my website my film is not distributed anywhere i do a lot of like private educational screenings for the film just mm-hmm. because of the nature you know where i saw my audience i'll say that um
1: you know eventually and if they wanted to request it for an educational screening yeah they can be just
2: request in? it on my website yeah okay um, and, and could you can... give us the
1: name of it again yes my
2: website is naima jamila com mm-hmm. Um, and you can send me an email through my website and ask to see the film or request it. Um, and I'm happy to share it with folks. Um, that's the best way to see it as far as the, uh, the, I was talking about the organization that I'm currently, uh, the interims executive director for is Mezcla media collective. So M E Z C L A Mezcla, um, Spanish (laughs) and, uh, you can find us also on the website, mezcalamediacollective.org. Um, we're a nonprofit organization, Small But Mighty, and based mm-hmm. out of Chicagoland. Um, and uh, yeah, again, we provide equity and resources for emerging filmmakers um, in Chicagoland, although we have members who not are only in Chicago, but I guess they're like able to take workshops virtually or whatever um, mm-hmm. through the stuff that we offer. Um but yeah, those are the two things. And as far as like me, you know, I'm a freelancer. So, you know, if you want to talk to me about impact producing and also contact me through my website. Yeah, through the website. You know, you, whatever, exactly. like whatever questions you have, you know, it may take me a while to respond to things, but I do respond. <laughs> um,
1: you are a mighty person <laughs> of one. So we can't <laughs> pull it all directions. But OK, so our, my final question to you would be, are there any projects or filmmakers that you would have love to work on so like if you had seen someone's content it was just like that is amazing and I wish I was a part of it or know of something that's coming up because I'm hopeful that this audience is very broad and I tell people all the time put it out there you know like I would love to work with Christopher Nolan I would love to work on any Tom Cruise film that ever existed I'm all about action action. yeah you like action action Adventure. adventure baby if you want I me mean, Marvel, all of you guys, please, come on.
2: Like <laughs> I I mean, I was I wish I could have worked on something like Abbott Elementary. I love that show so yep. much. And I love um uh the creator. I'm I can't figure out why I'm blanking on her name. The the creator of the show. She's a star of the show. She writes for the show as well. Yes. Um I've been following her since she was at like Buzzfeed, I think. And so like yeah. to see her I'm like, yeah, she was on Black Lady Sketch Show for mm-hmm. a season as well. So yeah, I would have, I would love to work with uh, her one day. Um, as far as directors, like big time mm-hmm. people, I'd really have to think about that because I know so many like indie local people, even like some of my students that I've taught who have like such interesting projects. I'm like, man, I wish I could produce all of these <laughs> things because y'all have such good ideas and I can envision all these things. So. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't think of anyone specific at
1: the moment, but there's just like. So you're talking about Quinta Brunson? Yes, yes, yes. That's girl, awesome. I'm sorry, Quinta, if you're watching this, girl, listen. I had to look yeah, you up. Pl- yeah, please don't. My lane also... is not comedy as much, so I don't watch a lot of comedy. It has to be like a referral of a referral. I, I think. love comedy.
2: That's yes, like I'm I can't. Different. I don't do yes. it, but I love com. Like I like the the black lady sketch show i love south side um mm-hmm. it got canceled but that's also a good show i would love to work with the creators um, at some point there um yeah like there's just so many like little things that i don't do right but i'd be like oh i would love to do that one day and i feel like those people are the ones that i'm looking at but yeah as far as there's just so many like creative people that i've in- i encounter on a regular basis mm-hmm. and i'm like even if they're not big, you know, or whatever that means, you know, but yeah. to me, they're, like, someone I'm following and tracking. Like, I have a number of people who I'm, like, they're gonna, they're gonna blow up. They're gonna be so big, and I hope that, like, they, they, my name comes across them one day, or, like, I get to help them with something,
1: so yeah. Well, I would, but I would be very transparent when, when, you know, I'm just, um, closing this whole thing out, but I remember a time where this, I think it was, a producer writer or whatever had had reached out about like, oh, he wanted to do some like animated TV series or whatever. And I had wrote Mm -hmm. like the bullet outline for him and like, you know, mapped out the first pilot episode and everything. And he had sent it to his um, entertainment lawyer. And the entertainment lawyer said, well, you need to find somebody that is known. That's a known writer to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. He was like, well, unfortunately, we can't work together. And I said, well, I just want you to know one thing. You did not come out of the womb as a producer. You had somebody invest in you to bring you into that. So I get it. But if you love what I had done, you shouldn't allow somebody to then say, well, you need somebody known. It's like, you're known, hire all the other people that are known, but just understand someone had to give you that shot.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: Yes. Yes, that's how I feel
2: too. Yep, I feel similarly. There's a lot of like grant applications sometimes for documentaries where it's like emerging filmmaker, right? So they'll have that fund for you, but you have to have like a experienced producer, which I think is good, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. like, it gives you the opportunity to, you know, someone who's like not known to like apply for something and do something Mm -hmm. and then have like experienced guidance with you how you get it that's the whole other barrier but the point is yes like I I agree like yeah you didn't you didn't have all the skills when you were starting out like Mm -hmm. so I yeah I feel like they should have found another
1: role for you or something like that's what I would have did like okay Mm -hmm. how can even if they brought on another writer it's not like exactly it's not to like really complain about it, but for anyone watching, just understand when you have emerging people or up and coming or whatever, don't be so afraid because again, it goes back to mentoring.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, right? you're right, you're right. And right. it's an ongoing thing. Like you don't know who you're gonna impact and eventually we have to transition those skills and, and it helps us expand as filmmakers. So Naiva, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. And that is pretty much the end of our interview, pretty much. So I really appreciate you coming on for Conversations with Producers. Thank you, audience, for joining us. And I cannot wait to see you guys again for the next one. Thank you. This was fun. (laughs) Yes. Okay, don't hang up. All right, let me just stop the video. Let me stop the recording.
0: You've just tuned into an episode of Conversations with Filmmakers podcast. We'd like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their knowledge. This has been a production of Vonty Pictures, hosted by me, Vonty McRae, a screenwriter and producer. We'd also like to thank Bad Rabbit Pictures for the animated content and creator of upcoming podcast Age of Prophecy along with our sponsor, RedHawk.UK, with all episodes being edited by Jacob Daly, director, producer, and a man of many talents. Come back next week as this saga continues for the Conversations with Filmmakers podcast.